Hi everybody and welcome back to What's Good with me, your host, Claudia. Wherever you found us, because we are on six or seven platforms now, which is amazing. I'm so glad that you did. Our guest this week is my friend, DJ. Hello everyone, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> this has been in the works for a little bit. Um, so DJ and I collaborated and came up with a great idea to talk about for you guys today. We are going to look at old movie posters and of movies that we haven't watched they're not necessarily have to be old they could be newer and we're going to try to guess what the movies are about just from the poster and then we will click on the poster and see what it was actually about to see how close we got so if you don't like movie spoilers don't watch this episode or you can and just be more enthused to watch it now that we gave you a horrible summary of it there you go all right do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um, it's up to you. It's your show. Okay. I am looking at this one. It is called The Third Man. And it's got, like, looks like a... A sunset? Yeah, it looks like this cowboy man who's staring off at, like, the sunset. Yeah. But then when we click on it, it looks like he's going into, like, a portal. Black and white. Yeah, it's for, it says it's from 1949. Oof. My parents weren't even born yet. <laughs> okay, I'm guessing that this movie is going to be about a time-traveling dude, and he meets himself three different times. So he's the third man, because it looks like a portal-looking thing, so maybe he, like, does some DeLorean bullshit where he, like, travels back and sees I can himself see it. in, like, three different iterations. I like it. All right, let's see what it's actually let's about. See. In post-war Vienna, Austria, Holly Martins, a writer of pulp westerns, arrives penniless as a guest of his childhood chum, Harry Lime, only to learn that he has died. Martin develops a conspiracy theory after learning of a third man present at the time of Harry's death, running into interference from British officer Major Calloway and falling head over heels for Harry's grief-stricken lover, Anna. So yeah, I was not close at all. I <laughs> also still don't know what that's about, even after reading. <laughs> so basically, he, there was a third man in the room when the guy was murdered. So he's trying to figure out who the third guy is. Uh, so I had the third thing down. That's true. You did have number three. But I thought that was a portal. And then I thought it was Western at the beginning. So like... Where did the sunset come from? Yeah, it's like two different posters <laughs> here. Like, Interesting. This is interesting. All right. It says, like, there's no names in the cast that I know. So it's, and it's 1949. 1949. They're probably so all, uh, they're all uh, gone. Not in the picture. I'm sure it's a great film. <laughs> We're just going to have to binge watch all of these. <laughs> Let's all right. See. So pick a number. 18 is my favorite number. 18 is your favorite? Ooh, it is called Annie Hall. Annie Hall. It's a name. Um, that does not give me much of a description. Annie Hall could be doing anything here. She looks like... Well, it's from 1977, directed by Woody Allen. Okay. She looks like she's speaking to that man. I'm going to guess they fall in love. Okay. They probably have a child. Okay. She might be, like... She has a hat. She looks very sophisticated. So maybe she's, like, visiting a city that he lives in or something. They fall in love. But I don't know what, like, the All I'm thinking is Annie be. Hall. I'm thinking Hall and Oates for some weird reason. <laughs> and I'm like, is this the wife of Hall from Hall and Oates? That would be wild. Because, um, you know, they've been making all those biopics. Right, right, right. Um, 
It looks very, like, journal-y, like, journalistic. Maybe she's a journalist. So she's a journalist who falls in love and has a kid. Yes. All right, let's see what it's about. It doesn't really give us much. New York comedian Alvy Singer falls in love with the ditzy Annie Hall. So you had the love part down. I got that right. It's called A Nervous Romance. Um, That's the the category of the movie. That is it. Interesting. Um, that doesn't give us much. I guess we're going to have to watch to see if I was correct. Or not. We're just going to say I'm correct. We'll, we'll, I'll give you that one. We'll say like a point for DJ. That's fair. I'll give a point to you for that one. I'll take it. Okay. All right. Here is one called... Jesus, what is that title? Oh, It It Follows. follows. Okay. I'm definitely thinking it's a horror film. For sure. Because it's all dark and it's like this little girl walking down a street. So I'm guessing it's like a murderer that's like targeting like one particular like neighborhood. Okay. And like the kid probably slept through the murders and like is the last one standing. Interesting. That's more developed than any of our other guesses. I like that. Yeah, because it looks like she's the last one standing, and it was in 2014. It does. So. Recent. It's very recent. It follows. I don't know. Is it is the person, like, following her because she's the last one that can, like, rat him out or something? All right. Let's see. Ooh, the catchphrase is, it doesn't think, it doesn't feel, it doesn't give up. Oof. For 19-year-old Jay, fall should be about school, boys, and weekends out at the lake. But seemingly innocent physical encounter turns sour and gives her the inescapable sense that someone or something is following her. Faced with this burden, Jay and her teenage friends must find a way to escape the horror that seems to be only a few steps behind. Ooh. I was, I was like halfway there. I'll give myself like point. This one sounds interesting. I feel like I'd watch this one. Yeah. I'll give it like a point five. No, I for think you get one. I hundred percent. I don't see any You definitely have the vibe right. Yeah, it was definitely a horror. Yeah, for sure. I don't see any actors that anybody would know no. in here. I feel like it was like an indie film. There's someone named DJ. Oh I'm in the now film. we have to watch I'm it. In it. <laughs> oh, there you go. We didn't know you made your actor debut. I did. I sing too. Oh my god. Well, funny story, I am in a movie that's on Amazon. Ooh, no way. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, it's called Pitching Tents. It was filmed in my town, and so they had a call for, like, people who wanted to be on the set for, like, 12 hours. Okay. And my dad and I were like, hell yeah. Of course. And so we uh, we went from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. I watched the sunset and the sunrise, and we filmed so much. That's so cool. It's an yeah, experience. It was a good experience. That's awesome. I was on set with uh, the guy who plays uh, Bob Duncan in Good Luck Charlie. Oh my god. <laughs> One of my favorite shows. Yes. So underrated. And then, um, I don't know if you so watched underrated. that new series, Descendants, on Disney. I've heard of it. Uh, the guy who plays Jafar's son, his name is Boo Boo Stewart, he was also on set. And then somebody from The Vampire Diaries okay. was on there. I didn't, I haven't watched it, so I, don't, I didn't right. know who he was, but everybody was like, oh my god! And, I'm like, and you know who else was on it? Who? The host of What's Good with Claudia. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I'm in there for like probably That's a combined thirty seconds. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna have to watch it. Maybe maybe we'll do a podcast where I review the movie that I was in. <laughs> That's so funny. Alright. Um let's go higher. Let's go how high does this go? I don't know. Seventy one. Seventy one. A little back. <laughs> Possession. This also Definitely seems like a horror. Um, Is that Winona Ryder? 
I don't know. Um, she has a knife, and she's staring at the knife very intensely. Mm. Um, it's from 1981. What is that picture, though? Let me zoom in here. Oh, it's like the back of a woman with purple hair and no clothes. And blue light surrounding her head. Blue light surrounding her head. It's um, very, like, spacey. Possession. So I'm going to guess she's possessed. Okay. But by what? By a demon. Okay. And I think the point of the movie probably is the demon is possessing her to go after a certain person um for oh it says infidelity so maybe she was cheated on since she became possessed and wanted to go after her yeah so the catchphrase for this movie is murder evil infidelity madness so i think she is all of the above hmm interesting let's see a young woman left her family for an unspecified reason the husband determines to find out the truth and starts following his wife. Interesting, so the other way around. Mm-hmm. At first, he suspects that a man is involved. As you do. Of course, natural. But gradually, he finds out more and more strange behaviors and bizarre incidents that indicate something more than a possessed love affair. Hmm. I'm thinking she's possessed by an alien just because of that blue light. Uh, I could see that. that I makes don't know, sense. and I feel like the 80s was the year of, like, alien space movies. That's very fair, yeah. Because I know, I think Back to the Future came out in the 80s, too, and mm. that was very, like, futuristic. So right, I feel like right, it, right. it has that futuristic vibe. Interesting. I just hope she wasn't cheating. And that wasn't Winona. I, I totally had that off. She just, she looked like her for, oh, like, two yeah. seconds. All these movies are, like, no name. Like, we don't know anybody in them. So it makes it more fun. True. All right, I'm going to go with number... Oh, it goes, like, all the way up to 100. I like it. Like, plus 100. Looks I'm, like I'm gonna we're in do... for a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up to 100 and something. Let's do... Interesting. Okay, we're in the 200s now. Nice. Let's do... Okay, let's do this one. It's 211, and it is called Taxi Driver. Okay. That could be a lot of different things. This one, definitely... It looks like a comedy, because, like, the dude... Like, a... Like, one of those, like, shoot 'em up comedies, though. Like, you know... That's fair. Like, they, there's action, but there's, like, humor in it. Because this guy has, like, a weird-looking mohawk... Yeah. ...standing in front of a taxi, and he's, like, got this this grin on his face that looks like... Like, he knows something you don't. Wow. If that isn't me in the future. <laughs> no, you're not gonna have a mohawk. <laughs> I had one. You had one? I had one. Seventh grade. As a child? Seventh you're, grade. Your not even that young. Seventh grade. Did your parents, like, let you shave the They sides? loved it. Oh, it was, okay, it was more of, like, a faux hawk. The sides weren't super short. Okay. But the middle was super high. <laughs> so I'd put gel in it every morning. I'd, like, put it towards the middle. Throughout the course of the day, it would fall out because of the gel. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the coolest seventh grader. I was the coolest seventh grader. But, but not because of the faux hawk. But not because of the faux hawk. I mean, my bad haircut, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, is yeah. I had, like, two inches of hair, and I would wake up That's in the morning. That's so funny. I would put um, mousse in my hands, I would run it through my hair, and then that would be it. Interesting. And I would just start my day. My best friend, JD, who comes up on this podcast a lot, oh. um, he he calls it um, me being a boy. He was like, that was when you were going through your boy phase, and you were just like, I want to wear leather jackets and oversized dad sweaters and have short hair. And That's I was all like, good things. I literally was like, what's wrong with that? And he's like, you look like a boy. <laughs> JD, that's like me, but opposite. Yeah, he's, I think he is like you, but opposite. Oh, like, boy. In actual real life, though, he's, he's got, he's got no filter with me. And oh, he's, no. He's got a nice, he's got a nice sense of humor. 
I oh, and I think that like you have like the nicer sense of humor and he has like the go for blood sense uh, of humor. That makes like sense. he will come for you and your insecurities. You know what? So yeah, I'm thinking this taxi driver thing is like a shoot 'em up comedy where they're pursuing some guy in the city and he's disguised as a taxi driver, but you know, he just doesn't know how to do the taxi driver thing quite right and he's giving away that he's a cop. Interesting. Okay. So it says on nineteen seventy six, it doesn't look that old. It doesn't. Right. It looks the poster makes it look older, but, like, the little photo True. that it shows, like, a still from the movie doesn't look that bad. I agree. So it says, on every street in every city, there's a nobody who dreams of being a somebody. A mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City, where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action, attempting to save a pre-adolescent prostitute in the process. Oh, well, this one has some names I know, like Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah. Jodie Foster. Yeah. So I was, like, incorrect. <laughs> it was so off. There's a lot going on there, though. Yeah. A so, lot. So he, like, wants... So he's got, like, that PTSD going on, and he's, like, trying to save somebody from yeah. the fate of prostitution. So it's, it's, it's kind of a hero story. Interesting. I like him. That's why I want to be him. I You said you haven't watched a lot of movies, though. I have not. Have you watched baby driver no okay they had this poster on here and i want to see what you would think it's about just by the poster okay because i'm interested like baby driver is a pretty popular movie interesting it did pretty well in the box yeah i don't watch too many movies why is that like do you just not like going to the theater or i feel like to put this nicely it's a waste of my time because i just don't like i get very distracted and i feel like it's not like, once the movie's over, that's it. It doesn't add value. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I my friend Gus, who was on the podcast, said the same thing. He's, yeah. He doesn't like movies because you get, like, emotionally attached to this character in their life, and then after the movie, it's over. Yeah, like, like it's there's, just over. there's no more. Right. Um, I wish I was more into movies, but just not. Okay, so this is the poster for Baby Driver. Okay. It was released in 2017. Oh, boy. Um, and I'll zoom into the poster. A lot of people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, whoa. Um, so describe what you see. <laughs> well, they're in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, the sign says. Um, there is a woman with a gun and a nice fur coat. There is a man with a bigger gun and a leather coat. <laughs> there is a boy above them with headphones in his ears and glasses staring off. There's another man to his side, also with glasses, more focused. And then there's another woman and another man, both very intense. Um... Wow, and, and there's keep... a police chase. There's a police chase. Baby driver. Um, I don't think baby actually means baby. I think that they're... I'm guessing the police chase is, like, the climax of the movie, like, the biggest action part. Um, so I would say there was... Maybe a baby was kidnapped, and then... They kind of had to, they all took sides, all these different, very different characters. And then the, one of them was stealing the baby. Possibly the, the one in the fur coat looks suspicious. I gotta tell you, she looks like she would be the bad person. So she's giving you like those Corella DeVille vibes? Yes, exactly. Um, and I actually think the man above her with the bigger gun is a good man. Okay. That's kind of what it, I'm getting the vibes of. Um... And she stole the baby along with 
whoever else, and then the good guy along with whoever else were the good other people, were trying to save the baby so during the think, car chase. So you think an actual child has been stolen? I think so. Okay. I do. I'm here to tell you that you were gloriously wrong. <laughs> That's what I figured. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Interesting. And the the catchphrase for it was, all you need yeah. is one killer track. So basically, Ansel Elgort's character, oh, who's the guy up top with okay. the earbuds in, um, he is like a connoisseur of music. He loves listening to music while he getaway drives. Okay. But he's the baby driver because he's the youngest of the crime squad. Okay, that makes sense. And he's the getaway driver. That makes sense. And he wants to kind of get out of the crime scene. But like the first five minutes of the movie is like that car chase scene. Which the is first like, five minutes? So I was way off Yeah, here. so wow. the first five minutes is like he rolls up to the bank with all those people that you were talking about who look sketch yeah. um, in the back and he parks the car and he's listening to music and he's okay. like jamming out while they rob the bank and then they get back into the car and he getaway drives them away. Wow, so they're on the same side. Uh, yeah, but he realizes that the the crime life, he doesn't want it anymore. Right. And the woman who is right under him is like his love interest. Ooh. Yeah. So this one has a lot Always of- Always a love interest. Yeah. It's, this one has a lot of big names. It has Lily James. She was in Mamma Mia 2. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey, obviously. Jamie right. Foxx. Ansel Elgort, who was in The Fault in Our Stars, and he's the yeah. main character in this one. Interesting. Yeah. I mean- Wow. What my friend took me to see it, my okay. friend JD, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. This is like, it seems like a shoot 'em up, like kind of movie. And right. he was like, Relax, you're gonna love it. <laughs> gonna love it. It'll be okay. <laughs> He's like, It's gonna be okay. Relax. So it's did you like it? I loved it. Really? It got really nice reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And actually, in a film class that I'm in, we watched the first five minutes of that like car chase uh, bank robbery scene. Right. And they were like, "What do you like about it?" And everybody was like, "Everything. It had everything you wanted." Wow. See, if I was in that class, I would have known. Yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a special person to like really, really get into film. Like the film majors, like they really get into it. But I was sitting right. there, like it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like I enjoy the funny aspect. Yeah. There's, I want to look at something for me that looks more new. Yeah. Okay. I might get yelled at for this, but I did not watch Suicide Squad. Okay. So, I'm going to go with Suicide Squad, because I see the poster. Good choice. So, it looks like a bunch of bad guys. Correct. In, like, a skull kind of formation. So, there's, like, the two X's for eyes, and then there's the nose that's already there, but all the bad guys are forming the mouth of the skeleton. So, my guess is... I know it has origin stories of the bad guys, but okay. I'm thinking that there has to be more to it than that. And I'm thinking this is when all the bad guys' origin stories cross over oh. and they decide to make, like, a league of bad guys. Interesting. Because, you know, in, like, all the other, like, Avengers movies or whatever, it's, like, th there's their individual stories and then there's, like, the movie where they decide to become a team. Interesting. I think this is the, the part origin story, part deciding to become a team. I don't okay. think there's more to it than that. Unless Suicide Squad is, like, literally and, like, one of them kills each other. But I don't think that would happen because that would ruin any future movies. That is very true. All right, what does it say? Worst heroes ever. Okay. From DC Comics comes the Suicide Squad, an anti-hero team of incarcerated supervillains who act as deniable assets for the United States government 
undertaking high-risk black op missions in exchange for commuted prison sentences. So they're helping the government? There's an actual plot Apparently. to this? That's what it seems like. Wow, I just thought They should was... do this in real life. They should do this in real life? Yeah. I think there was something I heard. You know the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yeah. Um, it's based off of an actual guy. Like oh, really? Leonardo DiCaprio, the character he plays is based off an actual criminal. And in, they gave him a reduced sentence in order for the guy to train the FBI onto how he did some of the things he did. Love that. And like now he works for the FBI. Love that. So I think that was cool. But so it kind of does happen in real life. Who was in this? Oh, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, Leto, Leto. Interesting. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Like towards the bottom. I wonder. Probably smart. Cara Delevingne. Oh my god, everybody, when we went to uh, the Museum of Natural History, I pretended to be Ben Affleck because I was like, I feel like Night at the Museum is coming to life. Oh, great movie. Around me. Great movie. What a, what a fantastic. Absolutely. So what is your favorite movie of all time? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> um, I usually say Moneyball. Moneyball? Have you seen it? I've not. Explain. Basically, it's been a while, but basically it is about, it's about baseball. Okay. I know it's based off of, like, a book, right? Yes, it's based off a book, um, and it's based off very much off real life. Um, and so there's a man who is in charge of the Oakland Athletics, which is one of the baseball teams, and they have a lot less money to spend than most other teams. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be, like, very smart in who they're paying for, who they're paying to play. And so him, and his name in real life is Billy Bean, um, he comes... With his assistant, they create, like, a new way of evaluating players mm. so that they could spend less on players who are still going to do well. And, like I said, it's based off real life. So they turned the Oakland Athletics from, like, a really, really bad team into a very, very good team based on, like, analytics, um, which is now very, very important in baseball. Um, wow. And so it's kind of like an underdog kind of story. Um, and his assistant, it, like, just got out of college. Like, he's very not important. But Billy Bean, like, trusts him, and then they build a really good team. Um, but throughout the movie, he, the the general manager, this part, I don't know if this is real, but he also has, like, family issues going on. Um, mm-hmm. Like, him and, wife are, him and his wife are going through a divorce, mm-hmm. and they have, like, a young daughter. So she's, like, a central character because she's, like, always supporting her dad. Even when mm-hmm. he's, like, put on billboards, like, fire him, whatever. She's always, like, you're doing great, daddy, or whatever. So it's kind of a really good nice feel-good movie about baseball oh nice it's very good what about you what's your favorite i like off the top of my head i want to say guardians of the galaxy volume two okay uh and i've mentioned this before on the podcast so like i want to pick a different one okay um I really like the movie Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's a very old musical movie. Okay. My mom actually introduced it to me because she had watched it when she was little and like she she immigrated here from Portugal, so it was like one of the first movies oh. that she said she watched in English. That's awesome. And it's literally about this these seven mountain men who live in the mountains and they only come down to the town like once a year for provisions. Yeah. And suddenly the oldest of the brothers decides on one of his trips, he's like, I need to come back with a wife because this mountain men aesthetic thing is not going well. Not for me. <laughs> we're, we're struggling. Right. We need a woman. And so he falls for, like, the one woman in town who, like, everybody 
like everybody thinks she's very odd and because she's not courting and she's not married and they fall in love at first sight and she basically agrees to come with him. Interesting. But she thinks that it's just him and her. Oh, uh, there's a lot of other men. Yeah, and then she literally like takes these men who are unmannered and uncultured and slobs and makes them into better men. Interesting. And the guys see like all that he that she did for the oldest brother and they're like, "Oh, we want wives too." Right. So they go into the town and they steal six women. <laughs> like They steal them. They steal them from their houses. Oh my gosh. And they base it off of like a Bible story and they're like cuz they're cuz they're like all they had up there for books was like the Bible and they were yeah. like, "Well, they did this in the Bible. They stole women, so we can do it." Of course. That's how it works. <laughs> So they go down and they steal the women and they bring them back and like obviously the town is like up in arms and they're like bring us back our girls like these are like you know young women that you just took and they go through the mountains and an avalanche happens so no way yes so they physically cannot get to them in the mountains no way so the women stay there for the winter and they all fall in love and so as soon as the snow melts the town wants to come and get their their girls back and at that point, the oldest's wife, the one who was there in the beginning who civilized the men, right. she had been pregnant and she had a baby. And so when everybody comes to get her, like everybody comes to get all the other women, she has already had this baby. And the women get away with it by saying, that baby's mine. And then the other girl's like, no, that baby's mine. And so they have a, a shotgun wedding for like all these people because everybody <laughs> thinks the baby belongs to oh, one of the girls. No. But it's all about like true love and how true love wouldn't be able to happen unless like all these odd circumstances came about. Like you can't stop true love and it's That's really beautiful. It's great. And it's so funny though, because like you're sitting there like an avalanche like you said, like an avalanche has to happen yeah, right now. Right. It's it's very old school musical where they like took godly circumstances right. and were like that's how we're moving the plot. <laughs> That's so cool. But like cinematically, it's it's pretty cute with all like the dancing and the singing and right. No, I bet. Yeah. No, I bet. That's actually so cool. Crazy plot though. <laughs> it sounds like a crazy. When one. my mom explained it to me for the first time, I sat there like, "You serious? Yeah. Like we want to watch this." That's what I'm thinking right now. We want to watch this, <laughs> but it's so it's cute. It's actually so interesting. All right, should we get back to looking at more of these movies? Yes, we should. Let's find... Let's keep her going. Let's find some more recent ones. Okay. I like that. Um, I feel like a lot of people have watched Baby Driver, so that's why I brought that up. Okay, good. It's embarrassed me. It's embarrassed you? Hmm. Okay. Oh, no. Have you watched Pulp Fiction? Mm, no, of course not. All right, let's see what it's about. Stop, because I know everyone knows this movie. I mean, I've only watched bits and pieces of it. Okay. So we can, like work on this one together because I, like I still don't know what it's about. Okay, I'm glad. All right. So the cover is I let me let me just fact check this. Uma Thurman, that's who's on that the cover. Is her. So Uma Thurman is on the cover and she's sitting there with a gun by her hand, smoking a cigarette in the other and she just looks like don't screw she's with like me. She's like laying on a bed. Yeah. Like don't screw with me. And I know it's a Tarantino movie. It is a Tarantino movie because yeah. it tells us who it's directed by. So what are we thinking? Um, well, I have no thoughts on this one. I don't even know where to begin. There is a woman with a gun and a cigarette. If I'm remembering correctly, it has something to do with cops or undercover agents. I think that's why the gun is there, because I know John Travolta has a gun in this movie. Okay. At some point. Or maybe they're cops gone rogue. 
Interesting. I know Tarantino movies always have some action point of them. Right. So I'm thinking the action has to do with the guns. Okay. Um, Okay, what is the little, like, catchphrase says? Just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. All right, now I'm more confused. Yeah, she looks like she's got plenty of character. Um, I'm going to go with cops gone rogue. Like, That's a good guess. But then what does she have to do? I think she might like be the, one of the cops, or they might, or she might be like the, the person they're cop? pursuing. I feel like she seems like she's being pursued. Okay, so so we're so two rogue cops pursuing Uma Thurman. That would be my guess. Piecing everything together here. <laughs> we're gonna be so off. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone who has to listen to this. Not just this part, but like this whole thing. <laughs> fun though because we've been like right on some of them we've been right on the money and then some of them we've just been like total left not even close all right so all right you want to read the uh description see a burger loving hitman me (laughs) his philosophical partner also me a drug addled gangster's mall and a washed up boxer converge in the sprawling comedic crime caper their adventures unfurl in three stories that ingeniously trip back and forth in time. So they're not cops. No cops. Yeah, we weren't even close. <laughs> no. Not even remotely close. But did you know Quentin Tarantino said that he's only going to make ten movies? Really? And he counts one of his movies that came in two parts, Kill Bill, as one movie. Okay. So he's got two movies left in him. Because he just directed, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. So, we have two more Tarantino films left, and then he's done. Oh, no. What because are we going to do? The world's just going to end. It probably is. For film, like, for film students, like, Tarantino is a big, like, icon for some people. Wow. And, like, he's also done, like, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Like, he's got a bunch of movies out there that are, like, big names, and people look to him. Right. So, it's, it is a big thing in the film industry. They're like, wow. two movies? No! What are we going to do? Wow. Right. But it's good that he counts, like, a two-parter movie as one part, because... Thank goodness. Don't want to squeeze it tighter than it already is. <laughs> I'm trying to find movies that are, like, recent yeah. in here. Um... Oh, okay. I'll do The Big Sick. Because I thought I saw a commercial for this, but now that I'm looking at this poster, I don't think I have. Interesting. So I'm assuming the big sick means that one of the characters is like terminally ill. Like like she I, I'm assuming it's the girl that she That's only has like. a certain amount of time left because she's like a hospital. Oh, she is on. wearing a hospital bracelet in the photo. Haha. Yeah. So um and it looks like her and the guy in the middle are in love because it's they're they're kinda like he's kinda has his arm around her. And I'm thinking maybe his family doesn't want him to fall in love with her. And her family doesn't want her to fall in love with him because her time on this earth is limited. Okay. And so they think it's going to hurt the both of them. Okay. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's a love story, but the families don't want them to fall in love because she's terminally ill. I think that's actually a great prediction. Okay. Pakistan-born chameleon. Comedian. (laughs) Kumail. I can't pronounce that last name. Nanjiani? Nanjiani, sure. And grad student Emily Gardner fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. Okay. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Kumail finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. You got it. Yes! 
I'm impressed. Well, it looks like like that that poster, I can see it. it it came and I feel like the sick part of it, like the big sick, meaning like like this large sickness you can't handle. Easy. Oh, too easy. Too and, easy. As we say as we butchered <laughs> I know. Yikes, literally. Once again, I apologize. Um What about Disney movies? Have you watched Disney movies? I've seen a decent amount of Disney. Um have you seen any here though? I could try to get one of them, but I like not. <laughs> we're just gonna like click. Oh, we're in like the seven thousand five hundred and twelve. I don't Let's see, see any Oh you pick you clicked like way over here. Yeah, I did. I also don't see any Disney. Um Oh well here's here's a movie. Wait, yeah, here are some Oh, I don't want to do that one. No, that's, that's that looks like a janky movie. Journey back to Oz. Very animated. Very not good. Yeah, we're in like the child section here. We're in the child section. Okay. Let's let's look at this one. This one was like a it was a movie that was popular when when we were kids, okay. but like it would rerun on like channels because they wouldn't want to play anything else. Interesting. Okay. The Swan Princess. Okay. I'm gonna guess there's a swan and there's a princess. <laughs> how how rude. <rigid. laughs> Considering there is a prince on the front and it is Disney, they probably fall in love. I don't think it's Disney though. I think it's one of those like okay. I think it's one of the okay. uh, companies that Disney didn't own yet. Wow. <laughs> wow, they those exist. Um <laughs> there are other animals there. There's like an angry alligator on the bottom. Um their smiles are weird. They don't have teeth. Oh, yeah, it's just like a white strip. It looks like they have marshmallows in their mouth. <laughs> Crest 3D white strip. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, advertising. Um, the frog looks like he's standing and talking. They all look like they're talking. Um, but what does the swan and the princess have to do with one another? Um, my guess is that the swan is like looking over the princess okay as like her guardian um and the princess lives alone she's looked over by the swan especially but all the other animals as well um they have to deal with an alligator and probably like guards protecting her Mm -hmm. away from this prince so the prince's quest is to get to her, like get through all the Correct. obstacles. Correct, and the swan and and all the other animals kind of help with that. Because they think he's worthy. Okay. Correct. All right. Nope. The beautiful princess Odette. 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 Odette is transformed into a swan by an evil sorcerer's spell. Held captive at an enchanted lake. So there was capture. Okay. She befriends Jean Bob the Frog, Speed the Turtle, and Puffin the Bird. Despite their struggle to keep the princess safe, these good-natured creatures can do nothing about the sorcerer's spell, which can only be broken by a vow of everlasting love. So you were kind of on the money. Close, except she is the swan. She is a swan. That's cheating. Is there anybody in here that we would know, cast-wise? No, these are all, like, no-names. Yeah, not really. I don't recognize any of them. Not that they're not important, but I just don't know any of them. That's true. We're in the animated section, so I really want to find it. I think these could be fun. Oh my god, I feel like I've watched some of these movies, but I don't remember them at all. Interesting. Okay, 
This one came out the year I was born. Oh, and what year it, is that? It, it, 1998. So okay. it looks familiar. So it's called The Quest for Camelot. And, oh my god, from what I remember of this movie... Because you know those things that you, you like, they're, it's deja vu when you look at them, oh, and yes. you don't quite know it's where. It's like the tip of your tongue. Yeah, and you don't quite know where to place it in right. your memory. Yes. Like, when did I watch this? Well, like, that happens this? with people. I see people, uh-huh. and I'm like, where do I know them from? You know what I mean? It's all. It also might just be like they might have been in like a class of yours, and you're like, hmm, exactly. Or I'm like, it might just so familiar. Or they just maybe somebody that you that looks like somebody you know. In That's life. true. But like sometimes I feel like they're just out of place. Yeah. You know. So this movie feels super out of place. So obviously I'm I'm seeing a a boy knight looking dude and a girl knight knightress knight looking woman. Right. And then there's some there's a bird. There's this bird that looks like he has an axe for a face (laughs) i see it uh, i see it and a two-headed dragon and there's like the sword and a staff yes so looks like peter pan he yeah the night dude does look like peter pan i am going to guess that these two people yes want to join the round table but in order to join the round table they have to do like a quest first Oh, okay. So, like, the the knights of the round table are just like, yeah, you can join us, but you gotta prove yourself first. I think that's a good guess. And, like, the creatures that are on there, like, the two-headed dragon, the bird, and, like, the axe bird face thing, I think they're, like, cute little creatures they meet along the way to defeat whatever evil. I'm gonna guess that the evil is probably... No, what... For some reason, like, a sorcerer is coming to mind. Okay. What do you think Camelot is? What? What do you think Camelot is? Camelot is where, like, the knights used to live. The place? Yeah. Okay. I think. Like, Camelot's, like, the, the fabled place. I see, I see, I see. All right, so it says, an evil, an evil knight gives nobility a bad name. During the times of King Arthur, Kaylee is a brave girl who dreams of following her late father as a knight of the round table. Ooh. The evil Ruber wants to invade Camelot and take the throne of King Arthur, and Kaylee has to stop him. Very close. Yeah, so I guess the, the dude is her sidekick. In this one. Perfect. So they're both trying to get to the round table. And Ruber totally looks like... Well, evil. he looks like he's mixing some potion, but he I guess he's an evil knight. Interesting. I don't but like I, his hair. <laughs> he has, like, no hair on the top of his head. And then, like, a full head of hair behind it. he's red. It. Yeah. Oh, giving us unrealistic expectations. True. Celine Dion. Celine Dion was in this? I hope she's saying. I really do, too. Pierce Brosnan was in this, and he was in, like, Mamma Mia. <laughs> of course. Everybody was in Mamma Mia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everyone was in Mamma Mia. I was in Mamma Mia. All right. Do you want to do one more and then wrap it up? Or, I like, think so. Let's do... Let's do a fun one. Do a fun one? Oh, my God. Have you watched this one? It used to run on Disney Channel all the time. I've definitely seen it. I don't remember what it, what it was, though. So. Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. Okay. 2002. Oh, boy. I'm going to show you... The cover. Okay. I've definitely seen this. I don't remember any of it, especially looking at them now. There's a blue man. Um, a blue man? So, I'm going to guess those are two kids. Like, brother and sister. And they're, like, both looking in with, like, glasses. They look very, like, evil, kind of, um, sneaky. And then there is blue man... I'm getting like a hotel kind of, almost like Home Alone. So and like a Home Alone type home of Home Alone kind of thing, where they're like, 
they have this man. He's, like, kind of coming after them. So they, like, play pranks on him to capture him. Um, and they think it's funny. And the parents just are out of the picture. Maybe they're gone for the day or whatever. I don't know where the liar comes from. Big fat liar. Um, maybe they are just the liars. The kids? Yeah. All right. So it says the the little thingy that tells you, like, the catchphrase of the movie is, the truth is never overrated. Okay. Let's see. 14-year-old Jason Shepard has a reputation for stretching the truth. Okay, I guess that's him. Mm-hmm. So when big-time Hollywood producer Marty Wolf steals his class paper and turns it into a smash movie, no one believes Jason's latest tall tale. On a cross-country adventure to set the record straight, Jason and his best friend... Kaylee devise a high-tech plan to squeeze the truth out of Wolf. So that's the blue guy. Yeah, he's like the director of the movie that he stole the kids' idea. The parents. I are remember watching not this and anyway. and laughing so hard. Amanda Bynes was like one of the main characters yeah. in this, and I, she was huge. She's great. Huge when we were kids. Definitely. All right, I'm gonna go to page seventy-three. Oh, there's, like, these are all, like, foreign films, so I feel like I wouldn't be able to guess them anyways. Yikes. Yeah, no way. Because, like, like, even the title is written in, like, the mother tongue. Interesting. Okay. Okay, I haven't watched Ant-Man. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Oh, but I don't want to do Ant-Man. I'm going to do... Oh, this movie looks so cute, and I and I recognize... The little rabbit from it. It's called My Neighbor Totoro. Totoro? Aw, yeah, Totoro. Yeah, so he's like, he looks like a big fluffy rabbit with like little markings on his tummy, like that look like little arrows. Yeah. And he's got two pals and he's carrying an umbrella and has a little leaf on his head. Aw. And it's 1988 and it doesn't give me a catchphrase. So I'm going to guess that. Totoro is the rabbit looking creature and yes. he lives next door to these kids who are following him around. Okay. So he's the neighbor right. and he's taking them on like fantastic adventures. Okay. And that's basically it. I think that's it. They just go on like fantastic adventures and then realize that it was like all just a dream maybe. Okay. And they're like, they don't actually have a neighbor. And it was just a, and a there's big no Totoro. Dr- yeah. So you're killing off Totoro. No, no, no. Like, he's like, he's like an imaginary friend type of a deal. No, I see. But he only comes alive for those two. Perfect. Okay. So, two sisters move to the country with their father in order to be closer to their hospitalized mother. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my and God, discover Andre. the surrounding trees are inhabited by Totoro's magical spirits of the forest. When the youngest runs away from home, the older sister seeks help from the spirits to go find her. Yeah, I was way off. Not even close. <laughs> I was not even there. But it looks super cute, though. The little, like, Totoros. I mean, I guess. They look like little rabbits. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Mm. Mm. And there's, like, no names that I know in here. They look like Japanese-based names. Looks like yeah. a very Japanese film. Yeah, but I, I've, I've definitely seen, like, the rabbit, like, in right. shops. No, that makes sense. So I feel like it's mainstream. Maybe it's popular. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that that was fun. That was fun. And I, I feel like if people are going to judge us, then we'll... Do just, it. Do it. We'll just have to watch these do movies it. when we have time, I guess. 
No, I probably won't watch them. Well, DJ won't. I, I will do the research for the both of us. Yeah, you let me know. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll be back and we can discuss them. Yes, we can we can talk about Pulp Fiction and if it actually <laughs> oh, was... Oh, no, I'm totally okay with finding a new one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so as per usual, we're doing the quote of the week on my little letter board. And it is, all right, everyone, let's obtain this grain. I like grain. So, <laughs> it's a play on let's get this bread. I, yeah. I, I was like bread. I was gonna put yeet this wheat, but I was like, nah. There's take... so many of them, yeah. I think there was one with like a baguette too. <laughs> yeah. I but I don't know what rhymes with baguette. I guess get. Oh, get the baguette. baguette. Yeah, yeah. Then why does let's get this bread doesn't rhyme if all the rest of them have to? I don't know, but how does like let's get this bread arise? Like who one day said this like, and the... everyone else was like, that's perfect. Well, because I think it's, like, the breadwinner of the family. Right. So it's, like, that, that trope of, like, whoever gets the bread, like, Wins. is winning. Like, yeah. they're the breadwinner. They're guess what? I'm all powerful. getting that bread. You are getting that bread. That's right. Always. You are. I am always obtaining that green. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, DJ, for joining us for this episode. Thank you. It's so much fun. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let us know if, if you've watched these movies or you know, maybe slide into my DMs on the interwebs. And if you liked this episode, we can always do another one of guessing movies we haven't watched. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us this week on What's Good. Take care of yourselves, obtain the grain, and have a great day slash week. And we'll see you next time. That's right. Bye. Bye.